It is so well defined what we have to do today. We got to go to work. We got to do. All right, everyone. Welcome to another NFL in London podcast. Uh, another great week. Week six is done and dusted in the NFL, and so are some of us in fantasy. Uh, we'll get into that. Joining me this week, Callum J. Squires. Thanks for joining us this week, bud. Um, Ryan is away. He's in Canada with his child and uh, wife, so I guess that's an excuse to miss a podcast. Yeah, I think that's very fair to him, if we're honest. Um, Ryan's got a slightly bigger or life-shaped fish to fry, which I understand completely, but yeah, always happy to be here with you, mate. I, uh, I guess... Yeah, thanks. And I guess in some way, we, you know, we'll, we'll blame Buffalo or the Buffalo loss. That'll come up in some way. Um, <laughs> his child. Uh, speaking of losses, um, you know, uh, we've lost our, our final NFL London game. We had the the Battle of Florida, the Florida Panhandle, uh, the Jaguars and the Dolphins. Your team, the Dolphins, who I thought would actually with Tua would put up a good fight here and, and put on a Gasecki show. But they didn't. And the Jaguars... <laughs> somehow brought in a guy who used to work in IT and he, he's now their kicker and and they won how you were at the game give us how was it tell me tell us all how was it um soul destroying i guess um completely miserable as a as a dolphins fan as, as you pointed out um i i was with you i i, I went to the game uh, and a great experience it's a wonderful stadium it's a nice atmosphere it was it was a good day out but I went to the stadium with absolutely no concept that I would be leaving having seen the Dolphins fail to win. There was there was <laughs> just no part of my mind that thought that was even possible. Um, don't get me wrong. I respect Trevor Lawrence. I respect do James you? Robinson. Yeah, I think okay. Okay. As, a, as a quarterback, I absolutely do respect Trevor Lawrence. And I think, um, you know, James Robinson, has what he's done as an undrafted guy has been amazing. Um, and I, I, I do also, I respect Marvin Jones Jr. and the, the kind of production that he's had over the last few seasons um, and the consistency of what he can do. So I know the Jaguars have talent, but um, this game should never have been close. And it was a series of poor coaching decisions from Brian Flores, who I usually, I, I like Brian Flores and I defend him uh, most of the time, but there was a series of bad decisions that basically led to this game getting away. And as you put it, uh, Matthew from IT uh, kicking a field goal to win it was, uh, I, I think, humiliating is pretty much about the right word at this point. And, and Lambeau is out of a job. I thought, you know, my prediction going into this was obviously Urban Meyer was going to lose. He'd be out. I thought he, you know, if someone said the coach to be out, definitely him before Gruden. And um, and definitely, you know, I'm sure his emails have some sauce in them as well. Obviously not in the NFL. But uh <laughs> You know, this, I thought they would lose this, and it, it was a lackluster game. As you say, no one really seemed to be playing. It was it was sort of one of those London games where they were, seemed to be struggling across everything. It was sort of forcing the ball down the field. You you were there, you were there though, where you were actually at the game. What was the atmosphere like? Um, it was interesting because in, in the stadium, I felt like there were more Dolphins jerseys, and yet it was still a fairly loud, cheering for Jacksonville crowd, which surprised me because the week before I'd been at the Falcons versus Jets game, and that was a very one-sided pro Jets crowd. Um, and you could kind of tell that, but in the stadium itself, it definitely felt like um, Jacksonville maybe shaded the volume competition, even if Dolphins shaded the uh, the jersey wearing competition. I mean, yeah, the game, the game started well, actually. And I thought, you know, the opening drive that the Dolphins had to a scripted drive was actually very good. Um, and then kind of towards the end of the second quarter, it started to fade and it went downhill. And then 
Um, there was the one really bad interception that he threw, but I will I will give some some props to both Jalen Waddle and Mike Gesicki, who are proving to be very very talented receivers. I love Waddle. I think he's fantastic. Um, old man Gesicki delivers in in the old tight end. I picked him up in one of my fantasy, and uh, you know the guy's solid in terms of putting up the points. I mean, especially when you have no one else to throw to, and uh, and and when you've got uh, you know the the quarterback basically having no options and can't having a deep ball, particularly because the O line is uh, threaded um but the atmosphere though it, you know there was talk you know i've read in some of the u.s blogs and everything about uh the violence of the fans uh, of the ah. cup tossing of... i mean a, a, a lot of fuss about absolutely nothing to be frank um the right before the initial kickoff there was a, a fan on the field um oh, yeah who, i heard interrupted the opening kickoff which was really just hilarious because the Jacksonville players started kind of dapping him up and giving him high fives and chatting to him <laughs> before he got escorted off, which I thought was hilarious. Was it an old, throwing... old guy or a young guy? Uh, from the distance I was at, I would guess uh, 30s. Okay. Um, you know, not not a streaker in the traditional sense that he had his clothes on. Yeah, um, one of those protesters uh, on the M- M5 or something like yeah, that. You know, something just... like that. Extinction, um, turn off your heaters. He was trying. I didn't realize, but he was trying to save me from having to watch the Dolphins uh, get beaten that way. Well, you know, um, sometimes the guy's from the future. You know, he he came yeah, from well, he, he came from the he came from Wednesday. He must have known what was happening. Um, no, the cup throwing thing. I, I mean, you know, um, I, I I respect what Neil Reynolds has uh, has done in in the game and in. Oh, the- I didn't know there was something. About, I didn't know he said. I just read something in like well, a U.S. media. It was something. Did he say something as well? Yeah. So he 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 had a tweet that. Um, he described the crowd's behavior as disgraceful and that said that his family were leaving the stadium uh, in fear because there were plastic cups being thrown. I'd like Ooh. to emphasize one word in that plastic. Yeah. Um, the, they were cups that if they unfortunately caught you on the very edge of their base, on the very side of your head, it might hurt a little bit, but to, to claim that there was any sort of violence in it is nonsense. People yeah. were trying to build very big cup snakes, as you often see at MLB stadiums and perhaps other stadiums in the US. But I associate it in my head with baseball more than anything else, because baseball, as we all know, is a sport where you have to try and create entertainment while sure. something's going on. Um, so for me, yeah, I, I, I was very surprised that there was such a fuss made out of it. It was just people entertaining themselves, much like if they were doing a Mexican wave. Now, I think you could argue maybe slightly disrespectful to the game that was ongoing, but it's also probably a representation of how the crowd felt about the game itself. So, um, no, lots of fuss about nothing. And to be honest, um, I think people need to just uh, get over that. Yeah, I, I didn't, hadn't heard that about Neil, but obviously if he's saying that his family was in fear, then obviously that that is a concern, you know, because if he's got kids, yeah, that's not cool. You know, no matter what happens, if there's kids and it's not, and they're fearful, I, I know what it's like as a parent. So obviously, you know, hooliganism... But I, I think it's in core, it's it's more sort of part and parcel what's been happening lately as a result of sort of everyone coming back from lockdown. There seems to be this pent up energy that is, you know, you give a bit of, of booze to it and this gas of fuel of, of people sort of, you know, especially this fractious sort of political vax, anti-vax or whatever. There just seems to be a contentiousness in crowds a bit more. And you see it in every sport, you know, a lot of fighting. People are filming the fights across everything. It's uh it's it's turning into the the sport itself is in the stands. Yeah, and I mean no, I and I don't want to sound like I'm I'm being disrespectful. I agree with you completely. Where where kids are concerned, you know, protecting them is 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 of concern. My my point was to try and uh, emphasize that 
the actual objects in question were not particularly harmful and the intention from the crowd was never to cause fear or um, distress for anybody. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, I, I do think, I think the, um, the, the post lockdown kind of, for want of a better uh, phrase, kind of freedom buzz uh, and people kind of having missed out on the opportunity to let out some pent up, um, I guess, emotion or aggression has led to that. And it's, uh, you know, it's, I, I think you're seeing it, like you said, a lot filmed and put on social media. It's, it's an interesting, uh, phenomenon, I guess, but I would, uh, I would think it will normalize in the coming months as you know we get back to quote unquote normal life. Yeah, I mean, we did have a, a little bash of it, uh, you know, during the petrol crisis. I remember being the petrol station <laughs> near my house. Yeah, I saw five in one day, including two women going at it, middle-aged women, mind you, going at it, um, and also someone else trying trying to fill up a bag uh, full of petrol. So, <laughs> and, and you, you still that, you yeah. still don't believe that those people exist. But no, there's there's someone trying to put it in a bag, and uh, and you know I I can only guess which NFL fan they are. Um, the, around I was going to ask too because I know the area. Obviously, you're a North London guy. We both know what Tottenham around Tottenham Stadium is like, and yep. and, the, and the reputation uh, that Tottenham actually has. Uh, for our listeners, maybe at home, explain to them uh, what's around the stadium, what they could expect in in their journey possibly to London next year. Uh, and and what what you saw? It's an interesting area. Um, it's not it's not somewhere around the stadium that I would particularly choose to uh, hang out. I guess um, I think the stadium kind of sticks out like a sore thumb in amongst uh, an area that there there is a significant amount of residential neighbourhoods around there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not somewhere that I would recommend spending a lot of time late at night on a normal weekend. <laughs> Definitely um, not at night. Definitely not at night. Uh, it's it's interesting because they they do a fairly good job of closing off some streets um and i think you can start to see elements of gentrification in that area which is an interesting kind of a theme coming through a lot of areas in london right now i mean you know 20 years ago uh if you'd spoken about you know hackney people would have been afraid to walk down the street after 6 p.m and now when you say hackney you get kind of you know avocado on toast and oak milk lattes you know um, so it's uh, it's it's interesting how that is happening across London. I think Tottenham might be one of the areas to kind of get that next. Um, yeah. But what I will say is they do a really good job of putting on, there's like lots of different food stalls, there's a few activities. They do try and turn it into kind of a day out for the fans who are visiting, especially if they are coming a long way from the US. Um, but Tottenham is not a tourist destination and, and never will be, respectfully. Yeah, I mean, and we had talked about it sort of in the last podcast in, in the same way, because you know, I, I know the Tottenham area, and as you say, the gentrification will happen there. It's and it's like Wembley was ten years yeah. ago. Like yeah. when they first had Wembley Stadium. I mean, Wembley's been around for ages, but when the NFL started going to Wembley, there was nothing to do around there, and it was pretty sketchy. And then eventually, there was like a strip mall um, that had like an Indian buffet that was open. And this guy, guy who owned it, was happy to welcome all the NFL fans to drink beer. Um, but there was nothing there, and now you've got basically the big stores, the strip stores, the you know, the Pizza Express and all, all all those kind of things that sort of, you know, cockroaches that hide under the bridges of, of chain restaurants. No offense to them if they ever want to sponsor <laughs> us. But, um, you know, those kind of ones. And, and you, you, now it's sort of support system there. And I think that's going to happen, obviously, around Tottenham. It's building, you know, the, the rail links, as you say, like 10 years ago, you wouldn't have the overground. You wouldn't have, you know, the Northern Line rail stops that come in through there that bring you into Central London, bring you to Liverpool Street. 
So all of those things are all new. London is sort of popping up quickly, um, even if people did vacate it during during the pandemic. But, you know, uh, hopefully those things, it's it's part of the stadium and, and people will have fun next time they come next year. If, if they give us any games, if uh, if they don't uh, all go to Germany or something like that. I mean, I, I, I think they will they will uh, they will still keep some here. Um, though I think you're right in saying that I think there will be probably a shift. Um, I know how big the fan base is in Germany, so I'm not going to be surprised if they uh, if they end up with some there. But I, I'd be surprised if consider. I think Tottenham does have a contract to have at least two, um, based on how that stadium was specifically designed to include having the NFL there as part of its concept. So um, I, I'd be stunned if there weren't at least a couple in London next year. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's it's perfect for it there. And I think it, it will develop. I think, obviously, to get the new commish uh, for the NFL UK. You're right, the stadium, is just, it's there for the NFL. And, and, and as it builds around it, obviously, there's opportunities for people. I'm sure those businesses that don't know anything about American football or, or wondering how many more, how many more weeks of this is, do we get this every week? <laughs> is there an NFL game for every season? Uh, Cause you know, some of those bars that don't get much, suddenly they're inundated. So um, yeah, I heard a lot about pubs putting up their prices to unreasonable amounts. <laughs> um, well, what's unreasonable in London, you know, 28 I, pounds I, for a pint. It's I heard a crap. report of a, <laughs> I heard a report of a pint, a pint of Foster's for eight pounds, which was, um, that's central e- London. Egregious, shall we say. Yeah. Um, you missed it. We had a party afterwards. We, we, you know, As we know, NFL in London, we promote, host some parties. We had the Sports Bar and Grill, which is great. Old Street opened at 4 a.m. Holy man, it was packed. Uh, and I mean, they, they booked it ahead with tables. So there's a lot of, we had a lot of walk-ins. And, and you know, the week before, we got pretty swamped with them. But this week, they covered the pool tables. We got more people in. It was absolutely heaving. Um, I know, you know, I think the one the night, the, the week before the Jaguars, or sorry, the Atlanta game and Jets, it went till, you know, it went till 4 a.m. It was late. And this one, again, 4 a.m. late. And also Clapham went till 11. And, you know, the uh, Princess Alex, he, Nick was also doing NFL till 1230. So, woo, big NFL in London. It was great. Everyone has a bit of a hangover, I think, this week. It's usually what happens uh, coming to watch the games. You are off to uh, the United States soon, aren't you, too? Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm moving to Dallas uh, just under a month from now. Oh uh, man, you got to be a Cowboys. You got to switch over. Well, this this is the thing: is I'm moving to a, a happy city right now. That's that's almost a yeah. brilliant transition from you there into a, into another game here. Yeah, it's uh, I'm moving to a happy city because the uh, the Cowboys are officially good and officially rolling. I think is fair to they say they are very good. They score a lot of points. They are rolling. Mike McCarthy's done a hell of a job. The defense is good. Uh, and you sort of knock on wood, sort of bearing injury because they, you know, that was the Zach injury that took them out last last year. Uh, they seem to be keep rolling on. Um, Dallas, you're excited. You, you and your your wife are going to live in Texas, which will be fun for you. Yeah, it's exciting. It's nice to be going back. I, I, I spent a few years there, five years there at university in San Antonio. Um, Dallas, obviously, a little bit of a bigger city, uh, somewhere new to live, which is uh, yeah. Exciting, it's, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be a. I've been there many time. times. It's a lovely city. Uh, I, wh- how much do you weigh right now? What's your weight? I would be just, just, just curious, just to see, because I'd like it, to ask you in a year. It's too much, and I know it'll probably be going up. <laughs> higher, so I, I'm, I'm fortunate that I know there's a gym in our, our apartment complex, and uh, I've made promises not just to myself but to uh, my uh, soon-to-be wife that uh, yes. I will be utilizing it soon. You'll, you'll be taking pictures of that, Jim, and telling people one day <laughs> I'm going to work out there. You have to do me one favor, though, when you do move uh, to Dallas, 
is I want um, the rights to your life story, the true crime podcast rights to your your life story. Because when you wear that Dolphins jersey around Dallas and you, and you eventually die and you get murdered somehow in some like British, you know, Callum Squires murdered Dolphins jersey, I'll be like, oh, piece it together. I'll be like, I knew it. And I told him exactly how it was going to happen. I, I will officially give you the rights uh, Thank if you. that happens. But uh, also I will um, hopefully be reborn as something other than a Dolphins fan. So You know what they might have? They might have a, a like closeted Dolphins communities there that you could probably meet up. There's bars. <laughs> they probably have a flag in the window that identifies the bar. You know, you just I don't look. know. Because if, yeah, I don't if know you if look, I'm... a lot of bars will do that and you have a flag. It's like, this is this is the kind of place this is. And, and if there's a Dolphins flag, you know, if the place is still not on fire, you know, um, I'm not sure I'm brave enough or stupid enough to out myself as a Dolphins fan right now. Uh, we all out ourselves. I've been I've been out as a Bears fan for so long, and you know it's glorious. I'm proud <laughs> of I'm it. Hoping, I'm hoping we're going to get there. <laughs> I'm proud of it. I, I have lamented the fact, you know, and I have talked to Ryan, my other podcast, that my daughter, who I raised as a Bears fan, uh, is now uh, under her her mom is remarried, and uh, the husband's a Steelers fan, and my daughter embraces Steelers last year, uh, and Juju, and um, I. I, I, I <laughs> The crush, it's still it's still so heavy on my heart right now to have it happen. <laughs> you know, the initial thing was rejection. Like, no, you can't, can't be. But they're 11 and 0. Yeah, but it won't last. It won't last. And Juju, he's, I was like, at least like Claypool. He's Canadian. And, uh, and uh, yeah, she's still on Juju. But now, obviously, it's, it's a different story. She's gone quiet. But we play them in a few weeks. Speaking of which, we'll go through some of the scores. In this one, it is it is our week six review. Callum's here to join us and, and talk about all the games. Obviously, you're at the one game. Let's uh, let's go through that game quickly first. 23-20, we mentioned this one. Uh, Jacksonville overpowers in this one. They get their first win. It still looks like, you know, Urban Meyer, he's still teetering. He's uh, still a lap dance and a, and a, <laughs> and a rim shot away from, uh, you know, a college co-ed tippling this, uh, this engine over. Um <laughs> How did, pretty much on that game, you know, it's, uh, how did you feel that score pretty much? Yeah, I, I think I'd be surprised if I, I, I maybe Urban sees out this season, but I think um, if Urban was to see out more than uh, more than one year right now with the way it's going, I'd be surprised. But um happy for Trevor Lawrence to get his first victory. I think there'll be there'll be many more to follow. Happy for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, they invested in Trevor Lawrence. They didn't invest in Urban Meyer. So you got to protect the golden goose. And and if the dirty old man's secrets and skeletons from his closet come out around Halloween, uh, you know, it's good to, to kick him out. And, you know, I'm sure they probably are looking around for something fresh if they have to. Someone experienced, someone tough. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, let's move on to the next game we've got here. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals all over Detroit Lions. Uh, Joe Burrow had a chin injury the week before, but Detroit really took it on the chin here. Afterwards, interesting, obviously, um, with Dan Patrick getting so frustrated with Jared Goff. 34-11 uh, to 11 in this one, Callum. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the Bengals are one of the big surprise packages of the season for me. I mean, I, I, I thought, I, I love Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is a, a real talent. And, you know, his relationship with Jamar Chase is obviously... Um, immediately started to refine their LSU form, which is which is great for Cincinnati, and it's nice for a team who has suffered for a long time to be getting a few wins. Uh, on the flip side, you know, a te- another team that's suffered for a long time seems to be continuing to suffer because, uh, yeah, Jared Goff is is not proving to be that hundred million pound, hundred million dollar, excuse me, uh, quarterback that um, Sean McVay hoped he might be. Um, and yeah, I, I I'm a fan of Dan Campbell and I like his uh, style and his motivation, but um, 
to go from crying, heartbroken one week to uh, telling the quarterback that he needs to do more the next week is a, is a pretty interesting swing of emotions. Yeah, you know, when the guy admits to how many you know liters of caffeine that he chugs every day, and then we see him crying and then freaking out, and also the size of him, you sort of you sort of wonder what sort of impetuses of emotion are powering through his veins. Um, you know, Detroit very much a punching bag in this one, and I think it sort of leaves to be said when you have cities in America, and as you say, moving to Texas, uh, you know, you, the city of Austin, Texas, which I love is one of my yeah. favorite cities in the world. And as you know, pretty much everyone from Hollywood is moving there now. Also, a lot of billionaires. Elon Musk has moved there. Um, you know, people have, you know, rich people live in the area. So it, to me, there's an, when you look at Detroit, you sort of go, Austin is looking for a town, their team. They're, they're, they're building stadiums. They've got F1. Um, it, it could be, to me, a Detroit franchise, you know, in the future, if they don't do something about this, the fans might give up on it and they might have to go somewhere, uh, if not the Chargers. I mean, it'd be, I think it'd be pretty heartbreak, heartbreaking for the people of Detroit if the Lions left. Um, what it right. though? Well, <laughs> what, I, what it? From what I understand of Detroit, which is limited, obviously, I, I, I haven't been to Detroit, I will acknowledge, but my understanding is that they're passionate sports fans. And uh, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I 100% support everything you said about Austin, Wade. Um, you know, Austin is fantastic and Austin, I think, will get a major sports team to go alongside its uh, MLS, its new MLS team. Uh, soon enough, but um, I, I I find it hard to see the 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 Ford family moving out of Detroit. But um, you never know. Maybe the Chargers is a good shout as well. Well, I mean, Detroit used to be one of the most populous cities in America, uh, with a population of over two million people, and now you're talking a city of like six hundred thousand. The auto industry vacated it. It was very difficult. You still yeah. have, you know, it's not like other cities in America where they tear down this, you know, the stadium. They just leave their stadiums. You can see the Silver Dome. You can see the old fields that they've got there. So um, there's a bit of decay to the city. And and I don't know, you, you know, people, if you would have said to people 10 years ago, would the Raiders ever leave Los Angeles and end up in Las Vegas? You know, pe- no way, no way. You know, <laughs> Al Davis, never, never, never. You know, and he'd come out of his grave, which I'm hoping still for this Halloween. Every year I still hope for it. You know, Linus and Charlie Brown, they hope for the great pumpkin. I, I hope for Al Davis. If there's one team that's going to have something as strange as that happen, it would be the Raiders. It would be. I, I think the Chargers, the problem with the Chargers, you know, they were started in San Diego, and I've got some friends in San Diego, felt very victimized, obviously, when that team left. And, you know, nobody in L.A. really, even no matter how much they win, they're not really fully embraced. No people are like, yes, I'm a Los Angeles Chargers fan. Um, and, you know, it was basically started, you know, as we know, Conrad Hilton started it as a way to sell credit cards. Um, so, you know. As the team goes, the history is, uh, you know, charge it and go. Let's move on to our next game. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, Washington football team, 31-13. to But let's not kid ourselves in the score here. This was a closer game than 31-13 to at some point. Uh, everyone lamenting the fact that, you know, Kansas City and, and uh, Patrick Mahomes can't really get this together. And he did get it together, but he still throws these garbage floppy passes sometimes. And... You know, Washington doesn't have much to stand for, but Kansas City really got it done, really in the in the past, in the last quarter, really. Um, Callum, what did you think about this one? Yeah, I, I think the Mahomes uh, conundrum is that those those strange interceptions are going to happen occasionally. But I think that most, if not all, Kansas City fans will turn around and tell you that they will absolutely live with that um, for the magic that he gives you the rest of the time. Um 
I I I, I thought that this was the easiest um, the easiest prediction of all last week was um, that after after losing to the Bills, I thought there was zero chance that the Chiefs would not uh, come out and uh, win comfortably against uh, Washington, and that's exactly what happened in the end. So, in the end, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, and I want to, I want to give a special mention to Daryl Williams, uh, the running back who obviously has stepped in in the in the stead of uh, Clyde edwards elair who's uh, now on uh, injured reserve. And Daryl Williams is an interesting one because he's 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 always kind of played second fiddle, you know, with Damian Williams and now with Ceh. Um, but whenever he gets a chance, he seems to deliver. So I I, I just wanted to give him some props for a two touchdown performance and uh, and uh, important role in the Chiefs win. Are you saying this because you have him in one of your fantasy lineups? I have him in multiple of my fantasy. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm just wondering how this this subtle drop of uh, you know because you know people could be oh Khalil Gerbert I knew about or Herbert I knew about him it's like well yeah people are going to pick up this is the time this is the time to start scraping getting the waiver pickups before anyone else but then it comes down to how long you hold on to these guys because obviously Hilaire is going to be back uh, yeah. he was injured originally in what week five, four was it uh, yeah I think five, so I mean I, I've I've I. I've I've kept Edward Zilair in every league that I have him, of course, and uh, yeah. added uh, Williams as insurance. But to be fair, Wade, I will I will say as well. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to have some shares in Khalil Herbert, and he's probably my favorite Bears player of all time now. Uh, favorite Bears player of all time. Well, we'll see what happens when Montgomery comes back. Obviously, Kareem Hunt, big injury there. He's six weeks out. Let's move on to the next game we had here. Uh, a close game that was so garbage. The amount of balls dropped. Minnesota Vikings uh, beat the Carolina Panthers thirty-four to twenty-eight in overtime. Um, there was a lot of points, but they were so dumpy. <clears throat> the Panthers, you know, lost possession of the ball so many times midfield and gave gave the Vikings good field position. But the Vikings, to me, didn't even really deliver this this game. The points, I, I don't know. It was it, it seemed two garbage middle teams playing it out here. What did, what did you feel about this one? I can't get a read on either of these two teams. Mm-hmm. I can't tell if they're as bad as I think they are or slightly better than I think they are. Um, I just inherently don't trust Kirk Cousins and never will. Um, Sam Darnold started the season really well. That Carolina defense looked like it was really clicking. And to be fair to them, they fought hard to stay in this game. You know, they they came back and got the two-point conversion to take it to overtime and forced a missed field goal that then gave them a chance in overtime. But um, KJ Osborne's walk-off touchdown was what won it for Minnesota. I, I, I don't think either of these teams will be playoff relevant at the end of the year. Um, which is a shame because players like Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook really deserve to be in the playoffs, but I, I think they will fall short. Yeah, it's it's like when you see a, some good kids that you know that are going to end up in a foster home, and, and that's sort of what you find with this, some of that Minnesota team. You're like, oh, if only you had a good family. Um, it, it's really tough with that Minnesota. They're up and down. Carolina seems like a team that almost is shooting itself in the foot. They had such a good start. And I think the defense just became transparent to other teams. You can only rely on it so so much. And Sam Darnold, obviously, you know, his offensive line is not good at all. Um, him having to scramble so much, not having McCaffrey, obviously that big element that, you know, that you obviously you can see in a team like having Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook, having that big, you know, definitive impact is something they're missing. So, uh, again, these are teams you just have to see how long they can last. As we see now, it also becomes sort of longevity, which teams are healthy enough uh, to last this. And, and uh, yeah, it's a sort of tough loss, but it's sort of a goofy win for Minnesota as they jump ahead of the Bears or tie into the Bears in, in, the, in the NFC North. Uh, a blowout in this one, but it's Carson Wentz and it was the Houston Texans. 31-3, to 
Jonathan Taylor's show is pretty much this one. If you had him in fantasy, if you had him in DraftKings, which I did. By the way, Cal, what if you play in our NFL in London DraftKings League? You should. Uh, I won all three of ours uh, DraftKings paid contests this week. Just, we just want to brag, just to tell you this. Oh, yeah. And and with three different lineups. Listen, hey, when when you get the chance to dance and uh, and show your successes, you should take it. So I've, three I've, different lineups, my friend. Three different lineups. Uh, so Indianapolis Colts uh, lay a beating here. I mean, Carson Wentz, can you really trust him? He's like a pretzel to me. Uh, no, I don't think you can trust Carson Wentz. Uh, I don't think you can. Um, I I do think Jonathan Taylor is is carrying that team right now. I think it was really good to see T.Y. Hilton back, though I think he did go off injured as well, so his struggles to stay healthy remain. The Texans are um, just completely abject, and the, the only reason they have a win this season is because they played the Jaguars in week one, and if they get another win this season, it will only be because they have to play the Jaguars again. Um I, I, I love Brandon Cooks, and I feel sorry for him being stuck on that team. Um, but, you know, with all due respect that to Davis Mills, he's he's not uh, he's not yet able to win NFL NFL games in this league. I, I don't see that. And um, the Colts are interesting. I think they are clearly the second best team in that division behind the Tennessee Titans, and they will try and push the Titans for that title. But I, I, I don't think they will be able to do that in the end. I think Wentz is probably not quite good enough to, to get them there. Yeah, it's Wentz is not just really trustworthy in this case. And I, and I think they really stepped up here was that Colts defense. You know, they were really the hammering factor in here. As you mentioned about Davis Mills too, and it's it's hard. He's thrust into this situation where, you know, he, he hasn't, you know, like in any good relationship, you need grooming. He hasn't been groomed at all. And, and so you just sort of thrust this guy into the scene. It does feel like in ways that the, I don't know who the Texans are punishing. Like they haven't really done anything in this this whole Deshaun Watson thing. It's like they're planning to lose to what punish him. I I, I don't know. And the whole Deshaun situation hasn't sort of resolved itself. Uh, and it's also frustrating there because he hasn't actually been charged with anything. So there's all these accusations, but this young man, you know, still hasn't been charged with anything. Everyone's saying all these horrible things and. And, um, you know, tough, tough for the team. But the Colts, to me, 31-3, to I, I don't trust them. You know, it's week by week. I wouldn't trust them. And uh, to me, it was it was the defense got this victory here. Rams and Giants, this is another beating uh, by a better team on a lesser team. Uh, Rams, you know, they struggle a bit for the Giants here, but they got it done. Giants are just, ugh, ugh, so much for the Giants. Uh, tough, very injured. It's such a very injured time team, but uh, Rams come out here another win, uh, very impactful win. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you you touched on the key point with the Giants is they just nobody can stay healthy. Um, they are so injured, and you know, Kadarius Tony had three catches on the first drive, and then obviously was forced off injured before he could even really get going. I mean, I I think he's the the real bright spot in their season so far is that he looks like a really talented playmaker for them, uh, one for the future. But with Saquon out, with none of their other wide receivers being able to stay healthy, the Giants really don't have much of a chance. And um, do I mean do I feel sorry for them? No, not really. Um, but they they're not really worth watching right now. And the Rams, on the other hand, you know Stafford and Cooper Cup appears to be a cheat code. Nobody can cover that. Um, and you know Sean McVay's got another chance at, um, making it back to the Super Bowl because I do think this Rams team is very good. Um, especially with with Jalen Ramsey, uh, you know, and Aaron Donald leading that defense, I think the Rams will uh, will be there or thereabouts when we get to the business end of the season. 
It, it does feel to me, and, I, and just maybe your thoughts on this, it feels like the Rams are missing a piece. Whether it's, you know, the, the run, is, is it enough of a running game, added threat of the running game? Is it, is it, you know, I don't know. They've got great wide receivers, but it feels like they just don't have one piece missing or maybe two. Yeah, I hear that. I mean, I, I'm not convinced that, that Darrell Henderson and uh, Sonny Michelle is, is enough of a run game for me. Um, I think Henderson had a good game of the weekend, but I'm not. I'm still not convinced that he is 100% a starting caliber lead back that will get you to a, to a Super Bowl level of performance. Um, but I really like Higby, the tight end. I think he's got a lot about him. Um, and, you know, Woods, Van Jefferson to go alongside Cup, um, as well as uh, obviously Deshaun Jackson for his deep threat. Uh, I think there's, there's a lot of talent on that Rams offense. Uh, and I mean, I think we're going to see as the season goes on, people are going to start digging through their running backs, you know, as we see yeah. through through the weeks. Injuries hit, you know, again, Kareem Hunt will get into that game six weeks. But you start looking and, and you know, especially as fantasy guys, you start looking and going, OK, who's who's number three? Who's number four down there? And you're, <laughs> you're grabbing a guy. Yes, I got this guy, uh, a guy who averages 0.1 points per game, uh, but he might get you five points a game. Um, but then you hold on him for three weeks and, and you're sitting on garbage. Um Let's go on to the next game. And this, holy man, this is a tough game. The L.A. Chargers, the Baltimore Ravens, there's two 4-1 teams, but there was only really one 4-1 team in this game. Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson. This guy is just putting on a show. He plays by his own rules. He's a, he's a renegade cop, this guy from Baltimore. Uh, and Justin Herbert and, and the rest of this team, Mike Williams, who was on my fantasy, shut down. Everything shut down. Ezekiel Eckler shut down. Um, ooh, what a what a demonstration here by the Ravens. Yeah, this this was the Ravens saying that they're for real. Um, I, I think the Chargers are a very good team, and they completely manhandled them. Um, Lamar is playing fantastically. I mean, it was the it was kind of the battle of the twenty fifteen running backs, wasn't it? In terms of who was going to get more points out of Latavius Murray, Devonte Freeman, and Le'Veon Bell, which is such a strange kind of three-headed backfield like the hydra yeah you wouldn't have been able to imagine that those three would be on the same roster um you know five years ago but here we are um no i mean i i'm 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 not surprised with uh with 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 how the ravens are doing their defense has, has stepped up in recent weeks and um really they should be undefeated because they should never have lost in week one to the raiders uh that was an egregious loss on their part um, but the Ravens are definitely for real. And, you know, I, I picked the Browns to win the AFC North before the season, but the Ravens look like they really want to hold on to that crown. Um, as far as the Chargers go, I still think they will finish comfortably second in that division. I don't I don't buy the Raiders as a long-term threat. Um, I do think the Chargers are very good. And I think the Chiefs will eventually get it right and win that division. And the Broncos are not really worth speaking about as far as I'm concerned. So it's, it's a blip for the Chargers, but I, I think they'll be fine in the long run. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers were close enough in that loss. They lost to Dallas. I mean, they kept it close to them. And, and they have put on a pretty good demonstration. This was a slap, like a hard slap to the face of, like, welcome to reality. And, you know, what I really liked is is Lamar just does what he does. And as you say with those running backs, he just spreads it around. He, he, he does a lot of things and improvises. But he's able to get that ball out to a lot of different guys, as well as creating so many different opportunities himself. Exciting football. You know, when you you know when you're going to watch a Raven game, it, it's exciting. Uh, another exciting game here, and we talked about Kareem Hunt getting out. Uh, everyone, the, the pundits, everyone was saying, pick the Browns, pick the Browns. And I said, are you kidding me? This Cleveland, this Arizona team is 5-0, and and they're going to go 6-0. and <clears throat> And they sure did. 
Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray dump a dump dump. Took a big steaming brown all over the chest of the dog pound. Um, and, you know, Baker Mayfield goes and gets thumped. And then you see him land on this arm. He's already torn meniscus. And then he, he decides to hero it back. I mean, the doctors that this would just stop, man, just stop. I mean, you can say you're okay, but man, this is foolhardy in a way. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the Browns. I like what they do. I like Baker, um, but I am more of a fan of the Cardinals and uh, and Kyler right now. I think they are absolutely incredible. Um, what, Kingsbury, what Kingsbury has built is fantastic, and they deservedly are 6-0, and and they will be 7-0 and next weekend as they've got the Texans next week. So um, the Cardinals will continue to roll. Um, I, they... You know, Hopkins only had three catches, but two of them were touchdowns. You know, you, you keep him quiet, but you let him get free uh, on two big occasions. And and the Cardinals' defense is, is serious as well. You know, they've got playmakers everywhere with Buda Baker and Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt, Isaiah Simmons. Um, you know, I, I, I think that the Cardinals have a real shot of going deep into this season. Um, and with the Browns, yeah, you've got to really hope that it's not a serious injury. Well, it, it is a serious injury for Baker, but you've got to hope that he can play through it. Um, and they've got to find a way to get Odell more involved. He had five catches at the weekend, but especially with Kareem Hunt out for six weeks, and whilst we've been recording this, they've just confirmed that Nick Chubb's out on Thursday as well against the Broncos. So uh, the Browns are very much going to be, you know, running back by committee on Thursday. Um, So they're going to need all the help they can get from their star receiver, Odell. Without Chubb and Hunt, as you say, you cannot hunt those touchdowns. That detective agency is shut down. Uh, yeah. And as yeah, OBJ and I had him in one of my DraftKings thing, and it's it does feel like he still has a few good years left. And it's like you're you're putting a nine volt battery into into like a, a a C battery slot. Like this this is a guy that needs to sort of hum, you know. And and um, it, it's it would be nice to see him given opportunity with the Browns. This broken, you know. When you say you could have had them to pick to sort of go all the way in the AFC. Um, man, it doesn't look like they're going to go that far now because with this many broken toys, it's it's very difficult to last. Whereas the Cardinals, as you say, look also picking up Zach Ertz last week from Philadelphia. Yeah. The unloved Zach Ertz who basically, you know, had to force his way back to Philadelphia, you know, gets his way back. Probably not loved in the locker room as a result uh, with Goddard. And now he's, he's being off to the, the Cardinals. So good for him uh, and good for me and my fantasy for the, for the, for the leagues <laughs> I have him in. Um, but tough for the tough for the Browns, uh, the Raiders and the Broncos. Yes, the Raiders. Uh, those emails, they're going to come back angry. Some people didn't think they would, uh, and the Broncos could not outlast them in Mile High. Uh, putting on a show here, uh, the Raiders able to spread the ball around. Derek Carr, uh, angry Derek Carr, angry faced, um, but high scoring affair here, fifty eight points in this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was I was not surprised that the Raiders came out on top. I think they're the better team out of these two. Um, and, you know, I think after the week that they've had, the two weeks they've had and the and the horrible John Gruden incident, um, I, I'm not in any way uh, surprised that the Raiders managed to band together and win this game. Uh, Rich Bisaccia, the new the new head coach, uh, everyone seems to really love him there. And, uh, you know, good for them to get a win to try and uh, move on from what's a pretty uh, nasty event with, with Gruden. Yeah, I mean, look... <laughs> Something must have happened as well. For, I get it. You know, obviously bad things were said in the emails. But I know old white men like that. He's not alone. You know, there's he's not yeah, the yeah. only guy who said something like that using an NFL thing. 
And, and, you know, obviously when you probably look at the threads of these things, you know, these sort of witch hunts that come out, you know, I get it. He Maybe this is sort of a root of something bigger that he had already done. Maybe they're like, look, we need to get, get rid of Gruden because he did this. We can't prove it, but we need to get some, oh, we've got this. So I, I don't know. It, it's tough. You know, he's still a human being, um, but he won't be working in, in broadcasting for a while. But he will be living the, a nice life in, in a new mansion unless he sells that real quick, which I'm sure he will. Denver Broncos, a tough one. Um, they seem to be sort of always sort of plastering everything together anyway. They've got some good, you know, some good talented receivers, Cortland Sutton, uh, Patrick as well. Um, but it, it's tough. It's tough for them. And, and a, a defense was up for a tough, uh, you know, a, a Raiders team uh, when you've got uh, such threats on that team. Let's uh, move on to our next game then, our, our last game. And this game, uh, Dallas, was well, not our last game. Got a couple more left, but <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, uh, New England Patriots. Dallas Cowboys win this one 35-29. Everyone, dak, dak, dak. Now, let's, let, this did go to overtime, and, and this was a tough game. This was a back-and-forth game. It was low-scoring at first. You know, I thought that uh, the Patriots, I originally had predicted that the Patriots would win this one um, uh, because I thought this would be really tough. You know, Dallas is heavily favored, but the Patriots really played them tight on this game. Uh, and Dallas obviously came out with a win. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, love his little touchdown celebration at the end of this one. Yeah, I mean, waving goodbye to the guy is absolutely perfect. I mean, you were, you were very close to being spot on on, uh, on the Patriots taking this one. It was it was pretty close. Uh, they were they were unlucky not to. I mean, Mac Jones showed enough moxie to continue to give the Patriots fans hope that he could be their next guy. Um, but I just think the Cowboys are a very good team right now. I mean, Trayvon Diggs continues to make interceptions, even if he does give up yards and uh you know i think i think cowboys fans mainly will accept that if he keeps making big plays you don't mind him giving away the occasional uh completion because he's uh you know seven interceptions in six games with one in each is is ridiculous and he's uh well on his way to a defensive player of the year award if he keeps it up but uh yeah i i, I think new england played him well and uh i I'm, I'm glad to see damian harris continuing to get the rock in the backfield because i think he's uh He's a potentially talented running back for them. Yeah, I mean, I had bought into the old Jacoby Meyer. He got his first touchdown in this one, and I'd had him on my bench for so long. Eventually, sort of going, yeah, how many? Mac Jones doesn't throw enough touchdowns. He he keeps it safe. They always keep it safe. Um, but you know, I, it was good to show a little bit of a blueprint on how to beat the Cowboys, how to slow the Cowboys down, because that's basically all you can do at this point is slow them down. Uh, Dak is going to score. They've got. Enough of a running game. They've got that defense, as you say, and, and the wide receivers. Uh, plus, you've got Gallup coming back, which I think very shortly, I would think. Isn't he back? I would yeah, think, I think uh, maybe next week. Yeah, so, you know, you got that speedster on there. That's just giving Dak a whole new dimension. You know, you think you've got enough trouble covering Amari Cooper and Lamb, and then you throw him into the mix. Uh, a boar snore fest happened. Hey, the Steelers won. But what a game it was beating uh, Geno uh, and the Seahawks, 23-20. to in a uh, late night affair that uh, people watched at the sports bar and grill, uh, but uh, you know went to overtime, which is always good for people when you know the game has to go beyond four a.m. Um, did you did you stay up for this one, Callum? I tried to. I made it to about halftime. Um, did you? Good for yeah, you. Just about. Um, no. Um, yeah. I mean, the Seahawks are in trouble without Russ. Uh, Gino, give him credit. He's kept him in games the last two weeks, but. There's also a commonality in the games that he's played now, the one he replaced Russ in, and now this one where he's uh, basically back-to-back managed to uh, turn the ball over right when they needed a, a winning score. So, um, 
I, I, you know, there's reports this week that the the Seahawks are in discussions with Cam Newton, which I'm not surprised to hear. Um, and I think they, sadly for them, will probably not be able to chase down the Rams and the uh, Cardinals at the top of the NFC West. Um, and for the Steelers, uh, you know, I, I think Big Ben is uh, on his last legs, um, but it's nice for him to get another win on, under the lights at Heinz Field. I do love Chase Claypool. You mentioned him earlier. I think he's a very talented receiver. And Najee Harris is a is a superstar for a, for a number of years, probably decades to come. Um, but I do genuinely, with the way the AFC North is shaping up, I, I really do think the Steelers might be the worst team in that division. Yeah, they're they're kind of uh, hilariously horrible. I mean, both teams are, are are hobbled, and it's only week six. You know, week six finished, and you're both struggling to get past sort of a finish line when you're not even a third of the way through the season. Um, the Seahawks, as you say, you know, getting someone like Cam Newton, could you imagine the ego in that locker room? Russ and Cam, uh, how many, you know, the hats wouldn't fit through the door, I think. As much <laughs> as you'd play, play it nice for the media, you know, let's be honest, these, these are two showmen, and, and uh, you can't imagine that that dynamic would go down, you know, too lovely at all. Um, but yeah, it's tough, you know, the running game, everything in Seattle seems broken. It's, it's just maybe a reflection of that maybe it's time to, to shake up some new blood, you know, throw out the old pot of coffee, Pete Carroll, and, and, and put a new fresh brew on. Um, we move on to the next game, the, the, the last game that we'll talk about here, which is the game that happened last night, a game that, again, I predicted. I predicted that Tennessee was going to beat Buffalo. Ryan was incensed. He just said I was silly. But I said, or at least, you know, they'd beat him, keep it close. He didn't like it. But Tennessee wins 34-31. to A bumble fest here, but it was the Derrick Henry show that really <laughs> took place here. Uh, there's no answer. Buffalo had no answer for Derrick Henry. Gashing, gushing, thrushing, and rushing across everywhere across this Buffalo defense. Yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise, really, to find out that somebody didn't have an answer for Derrick Henry because uh, most teams don't. Um, yeah. You can try and stack the box as much as you can, and you can try and crowd the line. And, you know, I think... His first four rushes went for a total of eight yards and then his next one went for 75 and a touchdown. So, you know, you can only delay him for so long. He's on the verge of being inevitable. I mean, he's got three three touchdowns in three different games this season already in six weeks. So he's he's an absolute monster and it's good for the Titans. It's a big win for them. A little bit of a letdown from the Bills after the win in Kansas City. Uh but I still think the Bills will be um, clearly the champions of the AFC East and a very good team. I love the Josh Allen and uh, Stefan Diggs link up. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm glad for the Titans that they've uh, got back on track after the embarrassing uh, loss against the Jets. Yeah, their defense really showed up in this one, which was really nice to see, obviously, because, you know, the defense had been well or good for so long and, and it was, you know, did the job that they needed to. The offense, obviously, and, and they showed what you need to do to score on Buffalo, uh, but also hold Buffalo off, and, and they're going to have to recoup after this one. Uh, so that's it for this recap. Of, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, oh, what? Was, was the, wasn't there a game in Chicago? Oh, oh, you want to talk about that one? Oh, I, okay. I thought I might ask you your opinion on that one. <clears throat> okay, well, let's let's go through. <laughs> you did call me on this one, and, and it's a good call. So let's finish up. With the Green Bay Packers beating the Chicago Bears, I own you. Uh, which he said was a lady in the crowd. There was multiple people in the crowd. Let, <laughs> let's talk about the honesty in this one. 24-14. With seven minutes to go, this was a three-point game. The defense, we had already sacked him. And, and Chicago has no real O-line. For everyone to talk about the, the Aaron Rodgers, the much 
you know, vaunted Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he, he won the game for them, but the Packers are not that good. And when him and Devontae Adams leave next year and probably end up in Pittsburgh or Denver, wherever they both go, um, it's going to be nothing. But this game was a closer game than the score sort of, I think, you know, it was a three-point game until he got the last touchdown, which put it over, but it was a closer game. No, what that's, did you, fair. that's fair. Yeah. Um, were you were you enthused by the performance of uh, of Khalil Herbert, the new the new running back? I think he was a sixth round draft choice. Yeah, he did the job. You know, they used him when they had to. When you've got a very weak offensive line, though, it's it's very difficult to get any of the plays going through. You know, again, I still think Justin Fields. It's too early for him. You know, mm. I would have rather still. You know, I think this would have been now by this time. Maybe you'd start playing him more. Personally, I would have kept Andy Dalton if if Ginger Ninja would have stayed healthy. But um, you know, I think would he you needs. Played, would you have played Foles when when uh, Dalton went down rather than Fields? I I would I would have put Fields in, but I would still bring Foles in. I would still keep Foles in the mix. You know, I I still think that you need sort of that quarterback at least in the whispering. I mean, Dal- Dalton's a bit more mobile, but I mean, I think you know Foles is just like the old horse you keep in the barn. Uh, you know, to talk or the old goat who mm. talks to the horses. You know, keeps it company. I don't know if they're going to play him. You've got him, but are you going to play him at all? Um, but it's still a little too early for him. It's tough to take this Packers, but we were close. Our defense continues to be good. We threw him down a few times, but it was, again, seven minutes in the fourth quarter when this game finally got out of hand. But it was three-point game. It could have gone either way at this point. Um, and just lastly, um, you said the, the Packers are not that good. I'm not disputing this statement necessarily. Yeah. Where do you see the, the ceiling for them this season being... I'm assuming you are acknowledging they will likely win the NFC North, but they're going to win. Uh, yeah, I think they'll win the NFC North, barring any injury. Obviously, what's happening or a sudden resurgence or some sort of, as we say, voodoo magic from the Minnesota Vikings who suddenly get hot because they do have the talent. And if yeah. somehow Zimmer puts that squad together in a way that they can string some wins together that aren't flukes, you know, they're actually using Dalvin Cook. That they're actually you know, if they've got an offensive line, they're not getting scored on so easily yeah they could be a, pro- a threat but i also think and I, and I only say this and packers fans can get pissed at me or whatever uh, i'm a bears fan as you probably know but um when they haven't faced a team like dallas yet you know you haven't faced the cowboys so you haven't faced someone who, who can score at will and, and i think that'll be a problem i think that'll be a realization when they play you know tom brady again when you actually play a team that will smack you up the bears you know, we're not obviously highly rated, but the Bears kept this game close. So when a team who can score at will or the Cardinals come at you, what you going to do? Yeah. It's fair analysis. I'll give you that. It's fair analysis. So people can hate or whatever, but I've got lots of love. Anyway, lots of love every weekend. Uh, we've got events on again. Hey, what you doing this weekend? It's Old Street, everyone. Sports Bar and Grill, Old Street. Having a party until uh, 12.30 a.m. this time. Only 12.30. Uh, book ahead to get your own seats if you want. As you've probably seen, we've got pictures up on the website. But there's lots of great seats there. Book your own table. You've got picnic tables, and there's over 50 TVs in this bar. Absolutely fantastic place to watch the NFL. Book and clap them as well. It's open 11 p.m. The sports bar is right on the high street. And if you're in Crowgen, Cruchon, as we call it, take the W3W7 bus and you're up by the pub. Get into there. It's open until 12.30 a.m. as well. Callum Squires, thanks for joining us. You're going to be joining us uh, on uh, this week for the preview show as well. Uh, so thanks, for Callum. We'll have our picks for week seven in the NFL. Callum, thanks a lot for joining us today. Of course. Can't wait. I'll see you, uh, I'll see you on the preview show. Very excited. And we'll see you the next week. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everyone.